You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. is a baseball town. Our secretary didn't have anybody on the phone. <laughs> there was nobody on the phone. They were just egging me along. So they bought a little short chubby guy in with the name Peters and put him <laughs> in my place and sent me to double A ball. Two fans, one mission to bring Major League Baseball to Oregon. Fueled by Guardian Games and Athletic Field Design. This is the Diamonds and Roses podcast. Without further ado, your host, Ben and Dave. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Diamonds and Roses podcast. As always, I am your host, Ben, and uh, it's kind of been an interesting day today. We're wrapping up uh, at the tail end of the Northwest Scout Games, and it's been a really wonderful day. It's been pretty amazing. And sitting uh, to my right, but you can't see it clearly because it's a podcast, but sitting to my right... Uh, hanging out with me is Carson Linden uh, here from the Eugene area. Carson, thanks for joining us today. For sure, for sure. Thanks for having me on. Carson, let's just really talk about, uh, real quick, because I just said Northwest Scout Games, but let's do a quick wrap-up of that, and then we'll kind of really jump right into to you and, and so on. So let's talk, uh, talk me a little bit about how this event went for you and kind of some takeaways. Uh, the event went well for me. Uh, I competed. I had a lot of good uh, at-bats. I had a couple hits. Um, it's different coming from a 5A baseball high school team and seeing 83, 84 is your highest velo, and then coming out here and seeing 87, 88 is pretty much the slowest. So mm-hmm. it's a big jump uh, velo-wise, but I think I handled it well. Yeah, you know, I saw that ball you hit out into the outfield there and you mm-hmm. slide into the second base and making it in, just beating the tag out and, you know, a couple uh, catches out in the outfield that you made. You seem to be playing all over uh, over the field, kind of just anywhere you're needed. Uh, you know, what do you think of that? Uh, I kind of like it, to be honest. I don't like sticking at one position always. So, like, I'm more of like a left-handed utility player. Like, I can play mm-hmm. anywhere in the outfield. I pitch, I play first base. Just whatever you need me to do. Well, excellent. Well, uh, it was really great to be able to see you play in person. Uh, it's exciting when you get that opportunity because I don't get that very much to get out and actually see people we interview actually yeah. physically play on field. So w- with that quick recap, let's let's take a step back. So usually what we like to ask everybody is, is that aside from you actually playing what was your first memory of of baseball just as a whole like that you can remember that kind of got you got you into it so actually i wouldn't actually remember this but when i was born and my whole family was born back when the eugene emeralds uh were at civic stadium i believe Mm -hmm. they actually visited uh me right when i was born oh really baseball was always in my life i feel like but i kind of remember I was about two or three, and I remember my brother was just starting to play baseball, and we'd go on trips, and I'd go watch him play, mm-hmm. 
and I'd go on the TV and I'd watch SportsCenter and I had no clue what was going on, but all I was watching was baseball. I wasn't watching basketball or football or anything else. It was just primarily just baseball. Mm-hmm. Who was your favorite player, uh, current or act or non-active? Growing up, I was a big fan, a uh, big fan, a big fan of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. or Vladimir Guerrero. Yeah. And now Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is one of my favorite players. But I liked. Uh, funny story. I was watching the game when Vladimir hit that ball off the ground mm-hmm. when it bounced, and I just fell in love with him. But I've always really been an Angels fan, so now Mike Trout, of course, is my favorite player. Yeah. I actually uh, got to meet Vladimir Guerrero when I was a little younger. That's sweet. And I used to, everybody knows I used to live in Vermont, but when I lived in Vermont, I actually went up to uh, Montreal uh, when they, their, their Expos was still there, and I got a baseball card autographed by Vladimir That's Guerrero. Sweet. So that was pretty neat about having, you know, getting to see him and mm-hmm. having him sign that card. Who's your favorite team? Uh, Is it the Angels? Because you said you like the Angels. It's a toss-up, really. Angels are probably my favorite team, but... My uh, dad's just in love with the Atlanta Braves. That's what he always watched when he was yep. younger. TBS guy. So, yeah, he was a big TBS guy. So mm-hmm. it's really Angels and Braves. I, mm-hmm. I lean more on the Cali, you know, Los Angeles Angels. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, for sure. Nice. So let's talk about your your very early years uh, playing baseball. When when did you first start actually playing? I started playing t- – I played t-ball one year when I was four years old, and uh, – My dad and my family in general just didn't think it was really, like, worth it to just keep playing t-ball. So we went straight into the pitching machine for one year. And then, Mm -hmm. actually, when I was seven years old, I started doing coach pitch, and I started pitching against players and everything like that. Oh, yeah? I was playing playing up, actually. So, like, even kids on the varsity team my my freshman year when I was playing with them, they were actually my teammates back when I was, like – six and seven years old so it was mm-hmm. pretty cool to start playing with them back again what's been your favorite position you, you know your your pitcher your outfielder what can't you do uh <laughs> you know i can't play the middle infield and i can't play third base and i can't catch but that's about it i, li- I like first base a lot it's just i like being able to save someone's save someone mm-hmm. but Outfield's fun, pitching's fun. It just depends, really. I like it. I like everywhere. To What's it about first base? Is it about you know trying to dig a ball out of the yeah. dirt to get a guy out? Yeah, for sure. And I love the feel of being in the infield too. Mm-hmm. So it's it's fast moving. Yeah. You know, getting a ball. I mean, some of these balls today when we're at the scout games are getting drilled. Yeah. Especially, I mean, try to. I mean, those are wooden bats. I mean, if you with metal bats, metal it's bats even. is way different. Yeah. Thank uh, God they weren't hitting with metal bats today. <laughs> yeah. Do you? What what kind of surface do you like playing on? Do you like AstroTurf or do you like grass? Uh, really, I'm not really a turf guy. I kind of like playing on dirt and grass and just playing baseball. My high school doesn't have turf. We're not. We're, we just have a normal field, so I'm mm-hmm. kind of just used to that. And when I was younger, 13, 14 years old, I never really played on turf, so I'm really just used to dirt. But it, turf's always easy because it's easier to field and stuff. So, but is the ball moving a lot faster yeah, on turf? It skips a lot more, and you never know where the ball's gonna hop up. Usually, in a dirt field, you kind of can read it, but mm-hmm. on a turf, it's a it's a little skippier. Okay. After you get done with like your little league, um, and then you move in to start playing like high school level, mm-hmm. uh, talk to us about you know your high school level. Have you have you played um, varsity? every year that you've been in uh, yeah so 
I started in left field actually for uh, the Churchill Lancers my freshman year, and then this past year I was uh, a pitcher. I was uh, one of the top guys, one of the top starters, and then I played first base and just a little bit of outfield when needed. Mm-hmm. So I've been on varsity for the past two years, my two years of high school. Yeah, and talk to us about your your varsity experience. What's that been like for you? I've been blessed to have, like, I mean, I think our coaching staff at Churchill is the best coaching staff you can get in the country, really. Everyone's so supportive, and Mm -hmm. I've learned so much about baseball so quickly, it's crazy. But um, my freshman year, you know, I kind of came in just thinking I was going to ball out because I was the freshman on varsity and stuff. And, you know, my year didn't go as well as I thought it would. I hit 280, 290 probably. Still got to start, and we lost in the semifinals, but... I think after that year, I was just really hungry to get back into mm-hmm. the weight room. I wanted to hit more. I wanted to throw harder. I wanted to do all this stuff. And then my sophomore year, I just kind of break, broke out, I think. How often were you like in the weight room? How often were you in the cage batting? I mean, I hit, It's it sounds weird, but my brother and I always used to say it, that 200 uh, balls a day get the strikeouts away. So you have to hit at least 200 baseballs a day. <laughs> How long so, yeah. does it take you to hit 200 baseballs? Uh, it really just depends. It depends if you're going if you're going T, it'll go quicker, usually just because you're just going fast pace. But once you get BP and all that stuff, it's a little bit slower. So I'm probably in the cages an hour a day, I'd say. Who's are you doing the T, or you have somebody else help you? Out? Uh, usually my dad's out there or one of my buddies. So it just depends, really. Okay, so what's the, what's one thing that you've learned from your high school coach so far from a leadership standpoint? Because let's take it a little bit different other than baseball. Mm-hmm. But, you know, because leadership, I mean, not other than baseball, but leadership is part of baseball. So talk to us a little bit about some leadership aspects you've learned from your coach. Uh, my coach is, I mean, I can't say anything bad about him. He's, he's helped me through a lot of things. But um, he's kind of taught me that nothing's given to you really and he's not going to feel bad for you just because you have a little pouty face Mm -hmm. so if you want something so bad you're gonna have to work your tail off for it and you're not going to be given anything Mm -hmm. so really like we used him and i have used this analogy before like talking with each other like we're drinking out of i was drinking out of a fire hose last year because there was so much information coming to me and i really had no clue what was going on and this year i kind of just I, I got everything I needed to know. So, so I've just, I've learned so much. Do you feel like years. it's slowing down a little bit now for yeah. you? Baseball is definitely slowing down for me. I mean, this year for high school, I, it, I wasn't even nervous at all. I mean, our playoff games, I wasn't even nervous because I just knew, I knew we were going to ball out. So mm-hmm. how many people do you have on your team? Uh, we had 14, 15 players, mm-hmm. I believe. And is it is it pretty competitive as far as like making varsity? Yeah, our our high schools our high schools a pretty. I mean, I would say we play the th- basketball, football, and baseball are kind of our sports, but baseball has been really really successful these past three or four years. Mm-hmm. So it's it was it's competitive. We had actually we had I want to I want to say eleven seniors this year on our team. Yeah with me and one other sophomore on varsity and then one junior and that's it Mm -hmm. so next year it's going to be wide open i mean we'll have three we'll have three guaranteed varsity spots probably and that's about it so it's going to be competitive it's it's going to be fun to watch so you're gonna have a an older team next year yeah we're all going to be juniors and seniors but it's going to be we're going to be good do you think you'll be pretty i mean you make you go through the season and if let's say you make playoffs do you think you'll be even more competitive uh, next season as opposed to this season? Yeah, I believe 
I mean, my uh, junior year, I think we're going to just, we're going to have a lot of growing up and work to do. I mean, all of us are going to be 16, 17 years old. None of us are going to be these 18 year old seniors, really. We're only going to have one of them. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, I think this year, this next upcoming year is going to be really like a big growing moment for us as a team. And I think we'll still be successful. I think we make the playoffs. But I think my senior year, we have a, we have a, we have an easy shot to win the state title. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. We have wow. talent. Yeah, I mean, you know, considering you're, you got a team that's been sticking together for a while. Yeah, we all grew up together playing. So, so how long? So you basically a lot of you've been playing since you're really really young. Yeah, all of us went through the Churchill Babe Ruth uh, system. Mm-hmm. So yeah, really. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty cool. Um. So. What else is uh, what else is going on as far as like baseball? Like, what do you, you know, you again, you had the Northwest Scout games, but what are you doing like in the summertime to continue to work on your your skills? So this past summer has been actually a whirlwind for me. I uh, went to the Wilson Premier Classic in Arizona with uh, Garcia Parra Baseball Group, and then again I left and went to San Diego for the Prospect Wire event with Baseball Northwest. And then I had a 17-long-day trip, actually, to Georgia, oh, wow. Texas, and Tennessee for an area code slash Vanderbilt kind of workout, and then the perfect game uh, national championships. So mm-hmm. I pl- And I played on a team from Texas on that team. Okay. Yeah. Do you ever feel like, you know, you're, you're reaching, like, a burnout-type, you know, threshold because just as how much you've been playing? Because you get a lot of people that, like, they play the season – and then they continue playing through the summer and into the fall. Is there a, is there a point when you're just like, okay, I need to take a rest. My body's just been through a lot. I'm going either working with my teams or going to all these camps, travel around the country. Yeah, I uh, I'm actually not going to be playing basketball this upcoming year, so I'll be uh, no football or basketball this upcoming year. So I'll be actually just I'm going to rest my arm. I'm probably not going to pick up a baseball and throw it for. I'd say two, three months, and I'm just going to lift and run and hang out with buddies and go fishing. Okay. <laughs> That's about it. Kind of doing some rest yep. and relaxation. Yeah. I need a break. After <laughs> after a while, I'll need a break. Yeah. So so after this event, you got nothing going on or you got... I have uh, the PAC Northwest Regional Games this, I want to say Wednesday, this upcoming Wednesday through Friday, mm-hmm. I'd say. So that is... But, uh, yeah. That would be the 31st of July because this would yes. come out a little so later. So July 31st through August 2nd, I believe. Okay. And I'm with Team Oregon 2021. And okay. I'll be there for a couple days. And where is this located at? Uh, that is in, I want to say Mercer Island, uh, Washington. Seattle, Washington, okay. Up in Seattle area. Anything else about like your you know your high school career so far that you know we, we can we can learn a little bit more from you? Um, I mean, from like a accolade kind of stats standpoint, I was a first team all uh, league utility player, and then another a first team all state utility player actually, and I was uh, second in player of the year voting for my league and the state actually. Wow. Well, congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you. Before we take a quick break. Uh, I, here comes my time. I'd like to do three questions about you. Oh, so there's just three three random questions that we like to ask our guests on this show to get to know a little bit more about you from a different level. So uh, first question is, where 
you and I were traveling on a bus with the rest of the team. And they're like, hey, Carson, we need you to put some music in. What are you putting in? What are we listening to and why? Do you want the exact song? Well, if you want to get the exact song, you know, there could be an exact song or just a specific artist. We're not listening to like Barbie World or anything. No, 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 definitely not. (laughs) Uh, I'm not. I'm not really like a usual teenager and just listen to a ton of rap. I listen to rap still, but I kind of am a country music, Chris Jansen, Luke Bryan, those kind of guys. Mm-hmm. And then I really like Khalid. Okay. So, you know, I'm just kind of all over the place. I'd probably play some Khalid to slow everyone down and then get some country to pump them up again. Okay. And then maybe put some Drake or something on just to get Mel- everyone dancing. Get everyone dancing. Yeah. Get moving. For sure. What's your favorite baseball movie? Oh, favorite baseball movie? Oh, Sandlot. Yeah. Sandlot or Benchwarmers. Okay. Yeah. Are you like the Smalls kind of guy? I, I'm, uh, I'm kind know, of a Smalls guy. Falling in the lie. pool? Yeah, I'm kind of a Smalls guy. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. We watched that last night at the Salem-Kaiser Volcanoes game, and I just laugh every time. It's a time great he, movie. He falls in the pool, and <laughs> he gets it's kisses a girl. Movie. It's a yeah. great movie. So last question I would ask for you to take a quick break is, if you were a, super peer, a superhero and could have any superhero power what would it be and why can you give me some examples okay so superman can fly uh you have uh was it flash that could run really really fast or you can be invisible or see you could be like the hulk with a superhuman strength yeah the hulk would be sweet just because you could do whatever you want pretty much but i kind of want to be like the flash like i want super speed because like that'd just be sick like you're ever in a problem you just run away it's like boom yeah you're out of there it's sweet <laughs> flash always reminds me and i think that the incredibles named dash after him yeah they definitely did <laughs> yeah they definitely did <laughs> so well we got carson linden here uh we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back sick of overpriced apparel and equipment looking for a company who prides themselves in quality products and services look no further than our friends at hit factory athletics created by a pro ball player born purely from the love of the game they exist to serve players and fans of the game take it from me ben hit factory athletics prides itself in quality and service head on over and check them out at www.hitfactoryathletics.com that's www.hitfactoryathletics.com at checkout, enter promo code DRPODCAST, that is D-R-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and receive a 10% discount upon checkout. Join the legends with Hit Factory Athletics. All right, we're back here with Carson Linden. We're actually recording live here at PK Park in Eugene, Oregon, on the campus of the University of Oregon. And Carson just got done um, playing at the Northwest Scout Games, and he did a great job. So we're really happy to have him on the uh, the podcast. Carson's been telling us a little bit about uh, his background, his history in baseball. There's two other things I'd like to actually touch base with Carson before uh, before we decide to let him go. One thing that I really want to talk about is is that this young man has his own uh, nonprofit organization, and I'd like for him to talk to us, uh, let us know what it is, and talk to us a little bit about his nonprofit organization. So uh, my nonprofit organization is called A World Free of Suicide. It's our mission is to change the stigma around mental health and depression, suicide, for example, suicide and depression. 
and then to fundraise and bring hope to people that are struggling with depression and suicidal thoughts and actions. Mm-hmm. Um, so asking the hard question uh, is why why the organization? Um, you know how did how did it st- how did you start this organization? So uh, really, on February fourteenth, two thousand seventeen, I lost a friend to suicide, a lifelong friend that I played baseball with. I I, I did everything really with him, played basketball, everything. But I lost a, a literal lifelong friend to suicide. And after that, I kind of went into a deep state of like depression and suicidal thoughts, suicidal actions, everything. I, I didn't want to be on this earth anymore. And then uh, one day I was on the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention's uh, website and I saw a take action tab. So I was like, you know, I'm kind of intrigued. Let me look at this. So I ended up touching the take action tab and there was this thing called the out of darkness walk community walks. So I was like, okay, what is this? Do they have one in Eugene? So I touched it and they had one in Eugene. So I was like, shoot, I should do this. So, uh, I read through it and I was like, you know what? I'm going to create a team. So I, uh, ended up creating a team and I named it NFWMG for never forget Will Manstrom greening. So after I did that, I was like, okay, so I put it out on a social media Instagram post and I got tons of shares and everything. I put it out on Facebook, Twitter, got a ton of retweets. And really that's when I was like, wow, people actually appreciate this. And I'm actually, I I don't want to say I was really appreciated in the world. That's what I felt Mm -hmm. is from like a social media post. I was like, this is like, this is what I should do because this is helping people. So after I put out those posts, um, we bought, we designed t-shirts with just an NFWMG, very simple, but you know, I had no clue that I was going to have a ton of people there. I thought it was just going to be a couple people, but then, um, people started signing up and reserving everything, getting shirts, everything. And then the day came and I really didn't even look at how much we fundraised. And I was like, you know what? We probably fundraised a thousand, maybe 500 bucks, I'll probably give 40 t-shirts away. And my mom, my mom, I think knew that we were going to have a ton of people because she ended up ordering 20, 220 t-shirts mm-hmm. and we, all of them were gone the first, wow. the first year. And we raised, I want to say 6,500, but it might be 6,000. So I'm not a hundred percent sure. But then after that walk, that's when I, I felt healing in myself. And then I started to work in like suicide prevention a ton with like Eugene organizations that were already cr- created. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up taking this training called uh, peer support training. So yep. I'm a, now I'm like officially certified as like a peer support specialist. So I could go work in a hospital and be a peer support specialist if I wanted to be in the future when I turn 18. Mm-hmm. But I was, I took a 40, uh, 40 hour training on that. And then five days later, actually, my best friend's mother um, decided to end her life as well. So that that kind of hit me hard. And I didn't feel the same way just because I knew how I was supposed to feel pretty much. And I knew how to fight through everything. But that's when I kind of knew that I needed to help people around me because my friends and family and everyone was just heartbroken. So I decided Hmm. I was like, you know what? I, we were going to go do the walk again anyways, but I think we should make this a nonprofit organization, start fundraising, make a website, social media, everything. Mm-hmm. So then, 
you know, I kind of started turning the brakes on that or turning the wheels on that. And then I ended up, uh, doing the community walk out of darkness walk again. And I knew it was going to be bigger than last year, but I didn't think it'd be that as big as it was, but, uh, KZI nine news actually posted a story on me back in August out at uh, Triangle Lake where I was staying at at the time and it got like 400 shares on Facebook uh, over a thousand likes everything and then you know I get to the I, I check the website about a day and a half two days before uh, the walk is and we're at $17,000 wow. and 350 participants just for my team alone so uh, the day of the walk came and we were out of t-shirts, we were out of wristbands, we were out of everything. So uh, we had everyone sign a big uh, big wallpaper kind of thing, and I, I have it hanging in my room, so that's kind of oh, like a cool. thing. It's kind of like a thing that when I wake up, I see all these people that support me and why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. How old are you again? I'm 16. 16. So the reason why I say that is that most people at 16 – probably would never even be in your shoes meaning like have maybe this mentality to kind of continue this 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 drive to do what you're doing mm-hmm. i mean that that takes some uh maturity to be able to to do something like that and you know as we we talked about off air like I shared an experience that I had with you about suicide and it means a lot to me and you know, having worked with others to try to help individuals who are suffering from behavioral health disorders mm-hmm. and how much of a stigma that behavioral health can be. The thing that, that, that disturbs me most about behavioral health is the deniers the people who deny and be like, I I did that. Or, you know, as a combat veteran, it's like, well, I went to war and I'm fine. It's like, well, maybe you don't recognize like the signs and the symptoms. And maybe, maybe you as an individual have or exhibiting those signs and symptoms yourself and just don't know it. Yeah. And a lot of people, if you, if you don't know the signs of suicide, everyone's just going to think the person's acting normal, but the people that really know uh, what's going on, they they're like wow this is actually happening what are those signs i mean it just depends it depends on the person's mood and like personality at first but Mm -hmm. um what i've read and what i've kind of been taught is kind of a lowering in self-esteem and confidence um a lack of social socializing more of just wanting to go to school or go to their job and then go straight home Mm -hmm. um more of just that not as much motivation towards sports so like you can see it with athletes like even in high school i've seen a couple athletes like this that they're just so depressed and unhappy with their life that when they show up at the baseball field they're like this is stupid why am i here instead of this is amazing this is the greatest game on the planet but i know you see some of these um professional singers or you know these artists yeah that a lot of people are like oh my, i mean they they look perfectly fine to me and and they seem really happy mm-hmm. and i guess i don't know sometimes i feel like maybe maybe it's just that they don't know what to look for yeah 
like with those individuals if they're not if if a person's not educated around suicide and depression and mental health and all behavioral issues uh they're not gonna know how can they go educate themselves on those particular issues and get like real good education and beyond just like here the science sentence but like here's what you can do yeah so i'm a I'm actually a part of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention's Oregon's chapter board. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big supporter of American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and I think they're the best anyways. So if you can go, you can even go on American Foundation for Suicide Prevention's website. And I forgot exactly what tab it is, but they will have the suicide warnings. They will have everything that you need to know. They will have how you know a person's feeling depressed, how mm-hmm. you know they have anxiety, everything really ptsd everything okay um well i really appreciate you you talking about uh your program uh and about your efforts and your nonprofit organization so uh to to finish that up where can people go to find your organization and if they want to donate how can they donate so as of now, we um, don't have an official donation kind of tab on our website yet. We are trying to con- we're we're in contact with the people that I created the website with, and it's just really hard just from a money standpoint right now. We're trying to figure it all out. Mm-hmm. But as of now, you can go to a d- www.aworldfreeofsuicide.org, and when it says there is a take action, you can actually email me, and I will send you a full tax. Uh, deductible donation form that you can just send me back with whatever you want to do and then that money will go into our organization's uh, kind of pot for now and then that will be donated to a different organization most likely Mm -hmm. in the Eugene or Salem-ish area. Yeah. And I know that I spoke with your dad and and I know that he he had said that a lot, you know, any donations that you get are going to stay local and help locally yeah. um from from your standpoint so you guys can in your you can do more yeah on an outreach standpoint yeah. so um just I, i'm just blown away and i really like i don't know you probably get this a lot but i mean you're a young man and for you to be doing what you're doing um i you know it's sad that you had to go through what you what you went through but i'm glad that you're at where you're at now mm-hmm. Um, because while what happened was tragic, it's about picking your boots up, dusting yourself off, driving forward and, and, you know, making the best of what you have left with your life as a whole. Because from my standpoint, it's like you can't just do nothing Mm -hmm. and you can't just sit around and feel sorry for yourself, which I'm not saying that you, you you shouldn't feel sorry for what had happened, but it's about picking yourself back up and, you know, learning from this and trying to see if you can maybe help others. And that's what yeah, you're doing. For sure. So that's been awesome. So before we let you go, um, let's talk, let's talk about the, the major league baseball push to Portland, Oregon in the <laughs> Northwest real quick. Okay. I just got to pick your brain on that. What do you think of that? Oh, it needs to happen. For mm-hmm. Sure. Oregon, I mean, you can even look at, like, Oregon baseball and Oregon State baseball. Look how many fans are going to those games. Look at the Oregon Duck football games. Look at the Beaver football games. Look at all these people that support baseball in the Northwest. 
I mean, you're telling me that Portland wouldn't have tons of fans at their games. That's that's what the MLB wants. They want to make money. Yeah. They want to have fans. They want more people. And I think, you know, we have the Mariners up in Seattle, but I really think Oregon's in need of an MLB team. Mm-hmm. You can pick one player, whether it be past, whether it be past or present, to start a team with. Who are you starting a team with? Am I starting a team with? That's hard. I'm gonna go. It may sound a little different, but Pete Rose, okay, the hit yeah. leader. I think he might be. He's he's gonna get on base. And he's, you know, he's not the nicest dude, but he's going to get everyone amped up. Yeah. So Pete Rose, if I went from a pitching standpoint, now I was, I'm a big fan of Randy Johnson. So I'd probably oh, go yeah. Randy Johnson. Is he smashing a bird right now? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be sick. That'd be sick. I, I kind of, be, being that it's in Portland, mm-hmm. okay, for me, it's like, I feel like you could, you, you could take like a Felix, Fern- Felix Hernandez. Yeah. yeah. Or... You could take a Mookie Betts yes. or yeah. Jackie Bradley Jr. Um, you know, you, you could take any one of those guys. Even Mike Trout. Mike Trout would be just his yeah. mentality, just how nice he is, and the, yeah. the types of things that he does. He does yeah. Because I think if you want one person in your clubhouse, it's got to be. I think for Portland and Oregon as a whole, or the Northwest, it's got to be somebody that's that's kind nice yeah and for sure gives back to the community and is willing to take some a little bit of the heat just because of the type of you know media in the area yeah. but those i think those are some of the guys i think would do well i think it, it'd be it'd be sweet to have an mlb team mm-hmm. in portland and of course i'd go i'd go to as many games as possible where, so. where are you sitting at a game <sighs> oh, money depends. aside if, if, you if could i just, okay if i didn't have to spend any money yeah okay i'd probably go I wouldn't go behind home plate. I like kind of a side more view. So I'd go like, for example, here, I'd go probably section five or six kind of side view. So you'd see like the back hip of a left-hander. Okay. I like kind of like a side view, but I'd still want to be in the club. I'd want to be real close. Yeah. I'd, I'd sit, want to sit just on, uh, the far side of the dugout just so oh, you can kind yeah, of hear yeah, I got kind you. of what's going on That'd in the sweet. dugout but kind I mean, of if you could get people. a seat I'd go in the dugout if you go on the side yeah give me a dugout seat that'd be sick <laughs> Larry Colton you know it kind of rises Larry Colton uh he he's a played for the Portland Mavericks and mm-hmm. he played a little bit for the Phillies and played I think he played for the Emeralds here like years ago he told me uh, he said, uh, you know, he talked about some Satchel Page and, you know, his, his stop. And um, we had another guest on the show talked about Satchel Page in the bullpen. And he's like, Satchel would be out there and he'd be smiling and in his rocket chair, just like whatever. It's just, anyways, I just thought I'd run. Sorry. That's so funny. he kind of reminds me of like where we want to sit. Yeah. And just kind of see those guys. That's um, funny. So. You know, any any ideas for team names, or you just kind of let in it go for now? You know, the Oregon State Beavers, you know, but I really like the Portland Beavers. That would be sweet. You know, it might not work just because mm-hmm. of all that. But I remember when I was younger, when the Portland Beavers still actually had a team, and I, I still have it in my room, but it's the old black with baby blue bill uh-huh. with yep. the beaver right yep. on the head. You can't find it anywhere, but... Mm-hmm. The best hat, the best name. It's the okay. coolest name. 
Yeah, I know a lot of people are talking about maybe doing the Portland Mavericks. The Mavericks would be cool as well. Um, you know, there's been some other names, you know, tossed out there right now. But it'll be interesting to see uh, yeah. see where they're at. But anyways, um, well, I just want to say thanks for coming on our show. For sure. Been great having you. Uh, been great you taking some time while everybody's gone to, to record with us. So yeah. I really appreciate it. Um, so thank you so much. And one last time, your uh, your nonprofit organization. It's called uh, A World Free of Suicide, and you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, at A World Free of Suicide, and then on Facebook, it is a Facebook group called A World Free of Suicide uh, slash WMG uh, plus CT. So you can check us out on there. All information will be there. And also check out our website, which is www.orgfreefsuicide.org, where you can find my contact contact information for details on events, news, anything really a world free of suicide. Outstanding. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Carson, thank you for joining us. And uh, you have a great day wherever you are at. Peace out.